Gonzalez here and welcome to another episode of Muscle Masterminds where we take an expert in the field of fitness and nutrition and we dive deep into a very specific topic. In this case, we have author, strength coach, Kyle Hunt. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Kyle, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, man. This is fun. I always, I'm always down to talk about the bench press. Always. Yeah. Very cool. So yeah, so as Kyle mentioned, we're going to be talking about the bench press. And the reason is, is because he has an abnormally strong bench press. Real quick, just for the people who don't know, can you just tell us you know, what your bench press is and at what body weight? Because I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, actually, it's funny you mentioned that because a couple months ago, I was doing a, uh, a powerlifting seminar. And I, of course, I was there to talk about the bench press. And literally the first thing I said, and, and not, not saying this to brag, but I feel like that, that social, uh, <laughs> just like just getting the numbers out there kind of helps, kind of helps uh, solidify this. But yeah, like Alain said, it's like I, I bench 415 at 163 pounds. So it's a pretty solid bench press. But, but more than that, more than that, and I think this is what's, what's really important about the numbers is oh, that wow. – one second, one second, one second. Let's not ignore, people who are listening, like, let's not ignore this, okay? 165 pounds, over 400 pound bench press, all right? And we're talking about a natural athlete, okay? Even if, even if someone was on drugs, this is, because a lot of people really, you know, say, oh, okay, cool, 400 pound bench press. I've yeah. seen that. 165 pounds, over 400 pound bench press, natural. Now, just to give you some context, guys who take drugs all of their life don't even get close to what that bench press is in terms of weight to weight ratio. Okay. Now, uh, uh, go ahead. And I just wanted to clear yeah, that up. Yeah, yeah. Might hear, oh, 400. I've seen this guy do 400 or that guy, but this is well over two times your body weight. Like, yeah, well that, over. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. So, like, a lot of people who see the number or hear the number 415, 405, whatever, and like, oh, well, that's a big bench press, but they don't really pay attention to the body weight. So 405 was always a huge goal for mine. I think it's a big goal for anybody who lifts weight, you know, four plates on each side, especially if you live in the United States. Like it's just a four plate bench press is, is pretty much like the pinnacle, like, you know, it's, it's like the big, a big accomplishment. And it's always been a big goal of mine. And I think it really became apparent i think my i think it was my sophomore year of college now mind you i've I've stayed the same weight for the last six seven years about 160 165 pounds so the first time i hit i think it was like maybe 335 340 pound bench press that was my goal it's like okay i'm gonna get to 405 that's my goal but on top of that i'm gonna do it at the same body weight because it is a lot easier to i don't want to say easier but it is i mean it is easier to, to gain strength if you gain weight but I never wanted to weigh, you know, 180, 185, 190 pounds and then bench 405 because I just feel like that would be like an artificial uh, artificial accomplishment because I knew my natural body weight would be about 160, 165. So if I could get to 405 without gaining really an ounce of weight, that was my goal. So that's, that's kind of like the, the background information I like to, to provide everybody with. Yeah, so 
and, and I kind of know this story a little, but for, for the guys who, who are in this uh, muscle mastermind and, and really don't or haven't heard it yet, um, most people would assume, okay, Kyle's probably got great leverages for the bench press. He's probably always been a good bencher because we see them all the time, right? Yeah. There's just guys who they'll squat 135, but their leverages are so good on the bench press that they can throw up 315 pretty easily. And you can see them as soon as they start working out, they're already doing 225 within a matter of months, which is pretty impressive. Now, were you that guy or did you have to kind of be strategic in order to get there? Well, a little bit of both. Like I will say that I, I am built to bench press. I have the, the T-Rex arms, you know, and, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm built to bench press. However, the one big thing that I had against me starting right from the beginning was size. I mean, when I first started lifting – as a sophomore, freshman, sophomore in high school, I weighed under 100 pounds. Like, I was, a, I was a tiny kid. So, I mean, I graduated high school, I think I only weighed like 130, 135 pounds. So, like, I had that working against me. Now, I was always relatively strong from wrestling and in playing sports all throughout, you know, my whole childhood, my whole life. But, you know, I wasn't moving a lot of weight because, I mean, shit, when you weigh 100, 110 pounds, 115 pounds, it's not like you're going to be pushing very impressive weight. But then it all kind of changed when I got to, got to college. You know, I gained a little bit of weight, got up to probably about 160 pounds, 165, like I said, and then just really started focusing on on strength, and that's when it really took off. Yeah. So, and back to your point, 100 pounds. Um, even if you were to have gotten to a double body weight bench press, which is like elite level, mm-hmm. it still would have been like 200 pounds. Yeah, exactly. So no one really, really would have took that serious. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. And, I, and honestly, I think I think I probably did. Um, maybe like early in high school when I weighed about 100 pounds, I think I maybe I maybe like worked up to where I was benching maybe 175, 185. So it was like a very impressive bench press after only like a year or two of lifting. But again, I, I say impressive with quotes here because you know it really 185 pound bench press isn't isn't really all that impressive. But it kind of is when you weigh 100 pounds. But no one takes that serious. Yeah, I mean it, it goes back to what you were saying is that people don't take the body weight into consideration. You yeah. Know? Like I recently posted a, on Instagram that I had done a 300 pound bench press after all these years of training. Yeah. And, um, I had to be very clear <laughs> that I only weigh 150 pounds because yeah, exactly. otherwise people would be like, Oh my God, that's shit. Exactly. But, that's a double body weight bench press. Right. Right. So I was pumped, but I knew that, you know, this is not going to mean shit unless I say, Hey, you know, I weigh 150 pounds. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because I think, again, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about. Like, We've all seen those huge guys in the gym benching heavyweight. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Like, whenever you see somebody, I put it this way: if you walk into a gym and you see a bench loaded with nobody there, with a bunch of weight loaded on the bar, what do you picture in your head? You're like, okay, some huge dude's probably in the bathroom. He's probably at the drinking fountain. He's gonna walk over and bench it. You know, some huge, humongous guy is gonna be benching it. So the fact that you know you bench three hundred at one fifty, I bench over four hundred at one sixty five, like that's important because it, again because let's just use the numbers here a 200 pound guy a double bench press double bodyweight bench press is 400 a 250 pound guy would have to bench 500 pounds you don't see many 500 pound bench presses you just yeah. don't would you say that it's easier for a smaller guy to get a double bodyweight bench press than a bigger guy because I've, I've heard this before and it kind of makes sense it does it is it is easier it is easier that's why actually in powerlifting they don't actually use um for for really comparing different weight classes, they use what's called the Wilk score. And uh, for anybody listening who might not be familiar with that, it's it's essentially a formula that 
helps account for that it is easier for a later later person to lift heavier proportion to their body weight. So for example, like me, I compete at 163 pounds. It's going to be easier for me to have a double body weight bench press than it is someone who's competing at super heavyweight at 300 pounds. It's right. it's just it it is different. Yeah. Now, with that said, I challenge anybody out there to find a guy at 165 pounds who can naturally bench press 415 pounds. There's All right? honestly, I think there's I mean, there's a couple. There's a kid named Taylor Atwood who competes in the uh, USAPL. He's actually the national champion. He benches about the same about 415. I think his best is like 418 maybe. Mm-hmm. Um but other than him, there's not there's not too many other people in, in at least in the United States that can uh you know, and I'm, I'm talking bench press here, like touch your chest, pause yeah. it, full extension. We're not talking half reps and all that that crap. Yeah, this is certainly, and this will be probably in the title, but this is certainly a world class bench press, like this achievement. Um, so, so anyway, so now now that we kind of got that out of the way, let's let's talk about like you know, what what are the things that maybe you did or you see a lot of people doing. That because I know for me, there were certain things that I was doing before made simple adjustments and my bench just skyrocketed. Can you talk about some of the more common mistakes that people are making that you think are potentially holding them back from achieving a solid bench press? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I like, like to always talk about is form. I mean, most people just don't have the form really capable of, of producing a big bench press. And the problem is, and I always say this as well, is that. We all think we know how to bench press. I mean, it's probably one of the first things we we learned when we walked into a gym. We were pl- we you know sat down on the bench, put the put, loaded up the bar, and just started pressing out weight. And uh, we were never really taught. It was just one of those things that was you know never really taught. Unless you're an elite level power lifter who's had or or have had really good coaching, you probably don't know all the intricacies that's involved in a, a powerlifting bench press. So the first thing I always talk about. There's two big things here. One is the setup. And if you, of course, everyone's seen it on Instagram. You've probably seen the people with outrageous setups, bringing their feet up onto the bench, retracting their shoulder blades, getting a big arch, and uh, you probably even think it looks ridiculous. It, I mean, you, shit, I think it looks ridiculous, and I do it, but it's important. A couple different reasons: one, getting your shoulder blades retracted and depressed, so that's squeezed together and then pushed down creates a shelf-like. It creates a a very stable surface in order to bench press off from. It also puts your shoulder blades in the healthiest position. A lot of people think the bench press is this very unsafe movement, this this exercise that's going to tear your shoulders up and make you tear your pecs. And and it can. I mean, whenever you're lifting heavy weight, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're moving heavy weight, there is a a, a small danger involved in that, that you, you can get injured. However, if you're doing it correctly and Again, I bring us bring us back to the what might look ridiculous form, and, and trust me, if you look at the the Instagram comments, YouTube comments, everyone tells me, you know, about the about the arch, all my my cheater arch here. But again, that's the safest way to bench press. It actually is safer than a flat back bench. So you want to retract your shoulder blades. You want to try to build an arch to create that that uh, the safer shoulder position, and it also shortens the range of motion a little bit, and allows you to lift the most amount of weight. So. I mean, we can get into leg drive and all that stuff, but I think the most important thing is just really squeezing your shoulder blades together, getting that retraction, and trying to build an arch. Now, mind you, with the arch, is all that matters is two things. Your butt stays on the bench, and your shoulders stay on the bench. So as long as you can do those two things, everything in between, you're going to be fine. Yeah, so with with those two things, right, your mm-hmm. shoulders, your butt on the bench, it's it's probably a given now 
that your feet cannot be dancing around. Yeah, that's another. That's a huge part. Like you want to, you want to get some leg drive. Now the bench press is a full body lift. Again, kind of out of the bodybuilding community, we've all thought of the bench as a chest builder, which it obviously is. The chest is the main mover in a bench press, but it's a full body lift. You want to have, you want to create full body tightness, starting from your toes all the way up to the, you're gripping the bar. So you want your feet planted. You, a big mistake you see people doing is, especially mid rep, moving their feet. That tells me right off the bat that they're not tight, they're not getting the most leg drive possible, and pretty, quite frankly, if your legs are moving, if your feet are moving during a bench press, you are not using as much weight as you can. You are 100% leaving weight off the bar. Like you, I, if, if, if literally, I'm, I'm, this, is a, this is a bold statement, but if your feet move during a bench press, I 100% guarantee you could lift more weight. A lot more. A lot more weight. And without getting stronger, I'm literally saying, if just, just changing that alone will allow you to lift more weight. Yeah, and I think this is something we talked about before where it's like you are probably stronger than you think on the bench press particularly and um, the statement of, you know, you can bench more without getting stronger, it's like how the hell is that possible? But, <laughs> but what we're really saying is, you know, if your form isn't dialed in and then you correct it, like that's automatically putting weight on the bench press and this is what I've experienced myself. Uh, without changing anything on my training, not fucking fluctuate or undulating rep ranges or um, anything magical, just fixing the form allowed me to go well past 225 when I was stuck between 185 and 225 or whatever it was for a while. That simple tweak in the technique allowed me to not just get stronger immediately, but then progress faster from there. Um, Another big thing is, and this doesn't necessarily apply to everybody, but widening your grip a little bit. Not saying going super, super wide, but just widening your grip a little bit. For most people, probably 80% of the people listening right now could get stronger just by widening their grip a little bit. And again, a lot of times it's like the people don't want to do that because they think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to build as much muscle. Or they think that their, their triceps or are stronger than what they probably are. Um the fact is, like, if you're a, a tricep dom- or you think you're a tricep dominant bench presser, chances are you're not. It's just that's what you've always done. That's the grip you've always used. You're comfortable and you're stronger in that range of motion. Now, mind you, if you widen the grip a little bit, shorten the range of motion a little bit, allow your chest and shoulders to take a little bit more of the, the weight, you can probably lift more weight eventually. Right. So, so I hear a lot of guys now, um, I can just imagine them saying, yeah, well – if you arch your back and you shorten the range of motion and you take a wider grip, um, that might be great to get a bigger bench press at a powerlifting meet. Mm-hmm. But how the hell is that going to make my chest bigger? Exactly. That's that's the that's always the big argument. So what? So what's your take on that? Is this kind of like the powerlifting way of doing it? Um, do they kind of inter? Are they kind of like interchangeable? Like you have to get stronger even if you're you're decreasing the range of motion and are you still going to get the same hypertrophy in your tra- chest as you would if you kind of kind of got the form dialed in, but maybe the arch wasn't as excessive, the grip wasn't as wide, and things like that? So, so it's definitely a delicate balance because a lot of the things that lead to a powerlifting bench press and using more weight are actually things that do technically short, you know, like things like shortening the range of motion, shortens the time under tension 
which those things are all very important to, to building muscle. However, what's also important to building muscle is overload. So the amount of weight on the bar. So if anything you can do to lift more weight is going to also help build, help build muscle. Um, so you could almost say that those things kind of cancel each other out. So what I always go back to is saying safety. So arching your back a little bit. I'm not saying an excessive arch, but, sh- but arching a little bit, shortening the range of motion, getting your shoulders in a good position is going to be what's best for your health. It's, so, so put it this way. Like if you can bench this way for five years straight without getting hurt versus me, we'll even say that the, the bot, quote unquote bodybuilding bench press, which is, you know, closer grip, less of an arch, you know, a flat back bench press, we'll say it's a little bit better for building muscle, but it hurts your shoulders and you get injured, at the end of the day, what's going to be better? It's going to be the one that allows you to lift more consistently. Um, but I don't even think that's the case. I think that uh, like a powerlifting setup is probably just as effective for building muscle because of the weight, the amount of weight you can use more um, versus a bodybuilding bench press. Gotcha. Yeah, and that's kind of that's kind of been my experience, I guess, because in the beginning, obviously, I was uh, I was bench pressing with a flat back fucking feet dancing around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was still able to progress and I never really got any pain or anything like that. But what I experienced was just like a huge stall where I just couldn't get past that point no matter what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I fixed the the technique, but I went, you know, wider grip. Like I went full power lifter mode mm-hmm. and my bench press skyrocketed and my chest uh, made some gains from that. But then... For whatever reason, I started going a bit narrower, uh, still keeping everything else intact, mm-hmm. and my bench kept growing, and so did my chest. So I, I kind of agree with you that like, just as long as you are like safe for one, and then getting stronger, like you're good. That's the good. That, see, that's the main point right there: being safe and then getting stronger. That progressive overload. Because again, a lot of people want to talk to talk about volume in terms of building muscle because obviously volume is super, super important. But the forgotten factor of volume, volume sets, reps, and weight. The weight yeah. factor is very important. So weight, as long as your weight is continually progressing, that means the volume's continually progressing as well. Volume equates to building muscle. For sure. So all right, so that's the first thing, and I completely mm-hmm. agree. Like once, if you're not maximizing the form, or 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 you're not, you don't have your technique dialed in, like you're fucked. Yep. So fix that, okay? Your your bench starts kind of skyrocketing, but there's gonna come a point where even with good form, it's gonna be hard to get stronger. And now maybe we need to do a few more advanced kind of techniques to get it up, maybe certain exercises that'll help with the bench, maybe something you can do with your rep range, uh, the frequency, what's kind of your, what's kind of your next step after someone has stalled out just from the initial boost and in strength that they get from perfecting their form. So the next step would be to look at the programming and really without getting too super complicated here, there's, there's two big things with bench programming. One is just building in some type of progression. Now, you can do just a basic linear progression, which is essentially you start out with one weight, and then each week you, you add five pounds, add 10 pounds, whether it's like a five by five, six by four, six by three, whatever. That's, that's not really important. Just building in some progression. So you're lifting heavier weight each week. Super, super important. And the second thing, and this is specific to the bench press, is increasing the frequency. I think benching twice or three times a week 
is what's key to the bench press. It's, it's, a, it's an exercise that responds very well to frequency. The more you can do it, the better you get at it, and the more volume you can actually create because you're doing it more frequently. Yeah, cool. It's good to hear like someone who's got like kind of your bench press expertise to kind of tell me the shit that I was doing, but like was kind of like, oh, maybe maybe I'm doing something wrong or whatever. It, it just makes sense because again, you know, I've been able to increase my bench press to a point where like I'm pretty proud of it, right? Yeah, Double yeah. Body it's like kind of a big deal especially for a guy who's not really like a power lifter or anything like that yeah so it, it's funny to see you basically say yeah align just keep doing whatever the fuck you're doing because that's what works yeah. and i've seen it in my own training that that is what works that's what's been a that like i don't even do much chest training at all like i think the only thing i really do or was doing for a while was just bench pressing more yep which is, yeah. you know, that's it's kind of the answer I, I, I say to a lot of people when they say, like, hey, what, what else can I do to, to increase my bench? A lot of it's just bench more. However, there are some, I mean, I, I love the close grip bench press. Like, mm-hmm. it's a huge, huge accessory movement for me, for me to b- help build my bench press. I love the close grip. And when I say close grip, I don't mean, like, super, super close. I just mean anything closer than your normal grip. So it might only be a couple inches closer than what your normal grip is. But uh, that little difference is enough to shift some of the focus back onto the triceps. Again, when you use a closer grip, too, again, you're going to have a longer range of motion, so you've got to get the, the muscle-building effect. I'm also very, very big on doing spoto pressing. So essentially what a spoto press is is everything is the same, the setup, everything's the same, except what you do is you pause the bar about an inch off your chest. So, And when I say pause, I mean a legit couple-second pause, hold it really tight, and then bench press. So in, when you're looking at it, you go, oh, that kind of looks like a guy who's just shortening the range of motion. He's cheating, not touching his chest. But pausing it about an inch off your chest build, build a ton of reversal strength off the chest. So I think that's really important. Another one that you don't see people use a lot that's a, kind of like a hunt fitness staple is the uh, one-arm dumbbell bench press. I'm a big, big fan of the one-arm dumbbell bench press. And uh, literally, you just take one dumbbell, lay on a bench, and you do dumbbell benching just like normally you would, but you're only holding one dumbbell. So the other side, you have to say really, really tight. And uh, it, it's just it's an amazing exercise. It, I mean, I'm a big fan of unilateral movements, and it's probably the only really unilateral movement you can do to directly relate to the bench press. Nice, man. I think I've seen you doing that exercise, and I'm like, fuck, I want to try that. Yeah, it's, I- it's kind of like the, the, the Hunt Fitness secret. Cool, man. Yeah, that's that's solid. I'm gonna matter of fact, I'm gonna give that a try today. Yeah, do it. Let me know how you think. It's I'll tell you what, you gotta you, you gotta stay super tight because what'll happen is if you don't stay super tight, like you'll get that dumbbell out here and it's gonna wanna flip you right off the bench. So you know it's a, it's it almost is like I, I think the the connection to the bench press is almost more neurological than anything because it, it helps you focus on staying tight. Like your feet, ha- your your feet can't dance around. You're gonna flip off the bench. Your feet have to be locked in. Your shoulders have to be retracted. That's another thing. It teaches you that retraction because you can't bench with a flat back and hold one dumbbell out. Like especially if you're going. I mean, you want to push this heavy. We're talking like four, five, six reps. Like really heavy single arm dumbbell bench, and uh, it kind of reinforces all the things we've already talked about. Yeah, I'll probably go a little bit lighter just so I look like an asshole at the gym. Yeah, you want to do a couple warm up sets for sure. all right so okay so what i'm gonna do for this is i'm gonna take uh maybe some footage from a video that you did for me a while back Mm -hmm. where kind of go over the setup just for those perfect watching and want kind of like a visual right Mm -hmm. Uh, so they got their their form 
solid, right? The, the form is good. Um, they say, okay, you know, I've been training my chest once. Now, you know, eventually I'll, I'll do two times a week, maybe even three times a week. Um, could you kind of just, you know, give, I know there's, I know it's going to differ from person to person, mm -hmm. right? Could you kind of give like a, like a template of what that might look like? You know, how many days per week, mm -hmm. X reps, when would you do the accessory work? What kind would you do on what day? Things like yeah. that. Yeah. So, so here's a, here's a basic setup and I'll kind of go through this. So the first step, like I said, would be increasing the frequency. So if we we're going to do two, two days a week of bench pressing, this is kind of what it would look like. I would probably do one about a moderate rep. So we're talking like four sets of five, five sets of five, maybe even six sets of four. So something in that middle range, that would be like our staple day, day one. Then probably three days later, so let's say that was on a Monday. So then maybe Thursday, what we would do, you would have two options for that, that second day. It would either be like a higher rep volume day, so you could do three sets of 10, four sets of eight, something like that. So if, you're, if your goal is, if your main goal is, if you want strength, but you also, your main goal is really size, you want to look good but be strong, that's, I would go with a higher rep. So I would do maybe, we'll say uh, a four sets of five and a four sets of 10. Like those are the two days. And then what we would do is just increase each week, five pounds or so, start out with, with something that you could, you know, maybe like a seven RPE, something that you could do and keep like three reps in the tank and then allow for weekly progression. That would, that would be like the first option. Now, the second option would be if you wanted to bump it up to three days a week. So kind of taking a step back here, if you're only benching once a week right now, go with the two day option. If you're benching twice a week, go with the three day option. So a three day option, we would incorporate a, uh, a, you know, like I said, a four by five, then we would incorporate like a day. Like, so that would be Monday. Then Wednesday, what we would do is a heavy day. So we would do four by two, six by three, something like that, a little bit heavier weight. And then on the end of the week, we would keep our, our higher rep day. So, you know, four by eight, four by 10, something like that. And again, just build out the progressions. Okay. So, so just to be clear, right? So that's just the bench press. It, yes, only the bench press. Yeah, so that's just the bench press, right? The, you're obviously going to be training other muscle groups. Mm -hmm. uh, reco recovery is going to be a factor, right? So you might not want to do like uh, if you have an arm day, you don't want to have it right before you're about to do a heavy bench session the next yep. day. You're going to toast your triceps, things like that. But do you think that – and this probably depends, right? But do you think that maybe someone – who like me doesn't do any other kind of like chest work and only bench presses two or three times a week with steady progression. You think that's enough to really maximize hypertrophy in the chest? Well, what we could do is we could add like one main bench builder accessory movement that'll also work your chest, and that would be enough. So let's say on day one you can also add in like a close grip bench press. Day two you could add in that spoto press I talked about, and then day three you could add in the one arm dumbbell bench. So essentially you're getting six chest builders throughout on a week, but nothing that's really like a chest day, and that would be enough volume. And then with the rest of those workouts, you could do arms, shoulders, whatever you want to do, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So the rep ranges or the volume for those accessory lifts, would they match the bench press volume or is it all hypertrophy work or how would that you could, work you could go both you could keep them you could match it that would be an, a simple way to do it or you could just say you know what i'm gonna bench you know quote unquote powerlifting style and then the rest of my day is is hypertrophy more like yeah. the the repetition method is what some people would call it very cool 
so that that's pretty much that's pretty much anybody would really need to know to really take their bench press from where it is now to kind of um, I wouldn't say elite level because that's just more a matter of time. Mm-hmm. Be on track to finally achieving that level, and you know that's not to say that everyone can achieve an elite level bench press, but I do think personally that with enough time, if you're consistently doing things correctly, um, it, it just becomes that a matter of time. So, is there anything else that you would add, or or would you say that's pretty much it? Right, let's get our form dialed in. Let's increase the frequency over time so that we're basically getting better at the lift and then making sure that our the way we periodize our training makes sense so that we can continue progressing. Do you think there's anything else um, that because because I mean, most people would hear and be like, oh, that sounds too simple. Mm-hmm. Like, is there anything else or do you think that's kind of like the magic recipe? I feel like that's, you know, I think you did a really good job of, of kind of recapping that. And yeah, it's it's kind of like the magic recipe right there. Like the biggest thing is patience. Like just be patient. Like there's, there's no magic formula. There's no magic. And another thing is like you saw how like kind of nonchalant I was about the rep ranges. Like there's no magic rep ranges. Like I'm not going to sit here and tell you that like, Oh, you have to do five by five. You have to do six by three. Like you have to do these things. Like there's, there's just stick with one and and we'll build it out. Make sure you're, you're training smart and you're able to, you know, build in progression. So you're using heavier weight each week. Um, you know, that's the main thing. And it's just like being patient. Like you just have to, you got to bench more. You just got to spend more time underneath the bench press and, uh, and stay healthy and do all the things we talked about like there's just just you can't you can't always look for the you know these these fads like that's that's a thing and this is again this is this is coming from somebody who has built an elite level bench press um and, and another thing I've, I've talked to other people who've built elite level bench presses i've you know studied with the best like i've, I've talked to the best i've read the best like it's this is what it takes like it's just patience hard work doing the basics like mind numbing basics and that's what that's what gets your results it's funny that you say that man because i feel like no matter what it is like right now you just gave everybody everything they'll ever need to know about building a bench press just like at this point i probably know everything there that i need to know in order to take my business from here to here yep but you always feel like it's so basic and simple that you always feel like there's got to be more. There's got to be yep. more. And at the end of the day, from my experience, from what you're saying, that's just it, man. It's just taking, it's just simplifying it and being consistent, right? So I want to go ahead and wrap up there. I think we've got uh, enough solid information for, for guys to take and really like uh, build that bench press and at the same time building your chest, which I think for most of my guys is going to be like the main goal. But mm-hmm. Can't have one without the other, right? Well, you know the thing too is this is something I tell a lot of my clients, and and again, this is kind of get lost in this conversation. But when you start chasing numbers and chasing performance, we'll just use the bench press because, but this goes to this. This can apply to anything. But we'll again, we'll talk about the bench press here. When you start chasing numbers on the bench press, and you start trying to really increase your performance on the bench press, your chest is going to take care of itself. Like it just, it just is, and that's one of those things where it's like, you know, we can get again, we can recap the whole idea on volume and intensity and all these other training variables and frequency. But it's almost like you just got to take my word for it. Like when you start chasing the numbers in the gym and chasing performance and it's, 
it almost when you build in that progressive overload, as long as you're doing everything we talked about and doing everything right, the aesthetics are going to take care of themselves. And it, it, sometimes it's hard to get people to buy in on that. It's almost like you just got to say, hey, trust the process and focus on what you can control. Focus on the numbers, which are a lot easier to control, a lot easier to, to see progress than what you can in the mirror. Uh, especially as a natural athlete, it's very hard to see progress in, in muscle development in, in short periods of time. So it's like it's easier to just track numbers. You can see numbers increases in, in a month. So that's yeah. kind of the last piece of advice. Yeah. So, so one last thing that kind of just popped up as you were talking. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's what's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of guys are going to watch the video that you did on technique mm-hmm. and, setup and everything like that. <clears throat> now what's going to happen is they're going to say, hey, Align, I tried what Kyle said, but I don't feel it in my chest when I'm bench pressing. Mm-hmm. Right? So they're automatically assuming that like because they don't directly feel it on their chest or they're not getting this crazy pump like they would with maybe something like a chest fly or something that that it's not gonna build their chest. Kind of, I, I know what my take is on this, but I kind of want to hear yours. Well, and I get this question a lot. It's like you you start chasing the wrong thing. And perfect mm-hmm. example, you said when you start comparing like a, a powerlifting bench press with something like a, a cable fly. A cable fly, you're gonna feel way more, and you should feel way more. You're gonna feel way more of a contraction. You're gonna get way more of a pump. Mm-hmm. However. How much weight are you using on the cable fly? And, and again, it, and the weight is irrelevant. Like it doesn't matter. All that matters is it's a, it's a small number. It's a small amount of weight you're using on a, on, a, on a pec fly, cable fly. So you're not really getting much overload. Basically, you're only getting like one aspect of hypertrophy. So with a bench press, especially like a, a well-executed powerlifting style bench press, you're not going to necessarily feel it in, in your chest. And you really shouldn't just feel it in your chest because we're not trying to isolate just the chest. We're trying to use as much weight as possible. So you're going to get it in your triceps. You're going to get it in your shoulders. You're even going to feel it in your legs a little bit, which is good because we're using more weight. However, with more weight, with, with more weight comes more of overall volume. So eventually, over time, it's not something that's gonna, you're going to feel one day. And one day, you're going to think that the, the chest fly is more important because you're like, I feel this. You're going to even look probably a little bit more pumped up. Your chest is going to look bigger. However, it's just you're just chasing the wrong thing because it's yeah. not going to lead to overall growth. Yeah, for sure. And just to add to that, and maybe you agree or disagree, but mm-hmm. and when we're training a muscle, rather than chasing what's giving us the best pump, although that might be a decent indicator that you're actually hitting that muscle with that mm-hmm. exercise, um, what you really want to focus on is training that muscle through its function. And yes. so we know that when we're bench pressing – we're performing all the functions of the chest under a very heavy load. So whether we like get that real good mind to muscle connection, because you got to remember, like there's a lot of muscles involved when we're bench yep. pressing, right? So, uh, but um, as long as you are loading that function and slowly getting stronger, uh, your chest is going to grow, whether you feel it or not. Am I right or am I exactly? Or am I... Exactly, you one hundred percent hit the nail on the head. Cool, cool. So we'll end it there. I think uh, I think guys got what they were looking for, and hopefully they'll take action. Um, so what I want to do is kind of just let them know. I know you have a, a bench pressing program. I know you have um, the the podcast. So if you could just kind of you know tell people about that and. Um, where can they find you? Yeah, yeah. So essentially, you guys can you can find me on all social medias at Hunt Fitness on YouTube at Hunt Fitness TV. 
Um, my podcast is the Absolute Strength Podcast. You can hear that on anywhere, pretty much anywhere that podcasts are, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, um, pretty much anywhere. I talk, I mean, we do at least one episode a week, talk with all the best strength athletes, strength coaches in the country. I have a lot of fun on there. And yeah, like like you said, I have a, uh, a new six-week bench press program that is available on KyleHuntFitness.com. And it essentially goes over everything we talked about in, in this episode, you know, benching more frequently. I go over technique, go in and out of details on how to actually set up properly. Um, and then I also teach you about programming, too. Like, it goes into a lot of details on how to build in the progression that we talked about in this episode. Very cool. So you got all the social media, you got the YouTube, you got you got the website, you got the, the podcast. I think I think just for simplicity, guys – you got to listen to this man's podcast if you're a podcast listener. Um, he's got probably one of the most unique um, podcasts that's related to fitness and strength and things of that nature. So you're going to find a lot of value if you listen to that podcast. I know I do regularly. Um, and then also follow him on Instagram. Um, this guy is an absolute monster, and you're going to see that he practices what he preaches. So definitely show him some love there. And that's pretty much it, man. I appreciate you coming on and taking the time, and I'm sure we'll talk soon. Awesome, dude.